0: Welcome back to Our Soul, a podcast by Faith Choice Ohio, Ohio's faith voice for choice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Our Soul. Uh, As always, my name is Kelly Fox. I don't usually introduce myself, nor do I usually start because uh, Terry is not here today. But today I have with me um, Samantha Allen. Uh, She is our programs, uh, or our program coordinator here at Faith Choice Ohio, and I'm really excited to, you know, have more of our Faith Choice Ohio staff here. So welcome, Samantha. Do you want to introduce yourself to our podcast crew?
1: Yes. Yay. Thank you. So I am Samantha Allen, like Kelly already mentioned. I am, I can't even say I'm the newest member anymore of our favorite Choice Ohio (laughs) crew, so I'm not even the newbie anymore. I've been here a whole month. Um, I am the program coordinator. It's really exciting to be on the team.
0: Yeah, and thank you so much for being here. I know being on the podcast is a little different. It's usually something that Terry and I do, um, but you know, I always love having having other people on and getting to know, uh, you know, the whole team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Samantha, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about you and you know, uh, for those who don't know Samantha, uh, Samantha has been one of our Patients to Advocates fellows, um, and so I'd love to hear about your experience with Patients to Advocates and just like. What got you to this role with us at Faith Toys Ohio?
1: Yeah, I mean, I do feel like it was kind of a long and winding journey. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited that, you know, this is where I am right now. But basically what led me to Patients to Advocates was um, I had a really, um, I guess it was a pretty positive abortion experience. And I was very young, still in college. And I probably took it for granted at the time that I was able to continue along my life uh, because I was very child-free and I also wanted to finish school. And um, so I was able to kind of have that choice, right? Mm-hmm. And fast forward almost 20 years, almost, Um <laughs> Roe v. Wade was getting ready, you know, at the at the at the beginning of last year, there were rumors swirling. Roe v. Wade was maybe going to no longer be like the law of the land. So I would say like early last year, I started hearing these things and and the you know, I didn't know it at the time, but the reproductive justice, um, You you all knew it was coming way before the masses, right? And so I didn't really, it, it didn't become part of my consciousness until probably January, February of last year. And then I started looking for ways that I could help, you know, things that I could do. And so I applied to be a fellow early last year, um, kind of before anything really, like, hit the fan. Um, And then, actually, our class started uh, just maybe a week after Roe officially fell. So it was uh, bananas timing. You know, it was a lot. It was very heavy. It was very emotional. But um, it was also just so... I mean, lucky and it was just perfect timing for me, actually, that we were able to walk it together like real time, mm-hmm. um, you know, walk the live because, as you know, Ohio also basically went dark on the same day and it was
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was a lot to process. Um, But we were doing it together as, you know, people who had experienced abortion in Ohio. Like we were walking it together and also actively working on how we could be better advocates for other people in their like reproductive choices, right, in Ohio. So I was really, really happy to have like that kind of timing, Um, but it was probably a little bit different than it would have been in previous years. Um, but, but of course I had a great experience in the program. I would totally recommend P2A to anyone that even if you had an abortion experience that, you know, maybe wasn't so positive, I think that it's beneficial to anyone. Um, Mm -hmm. it really prepared me to feel like I could tell my story, speak my truth and, advocate and be, feel prepared, feel educated, um, with like just the legal landscape, um, in Ohio and, you know, everything, the whole deal.
0: Yeah. And it, like, I, I never thought about that as like this, you kind of got this built-in support group for the fall of Roe. And that, I mean, I imagine that that was, you know, nice to have people who, understand what's at stake and like yes. want want to be there, want to uh, you know, be active in this moment and then mm-hmm. to experience that together and to have people to like, you know, have this um you're on the same page. Yeah. I, I think like something with uh at least, you know, you were talking about how us in Repro, like we knew that this was coming in advance. Mm-hmm. Um and I think part of the the difficulty of being somebody who is, you know, planning to be involved and was involved with um with everything uh around <laughs> last year uh is like not being able to be on the same page, you know, not necessarily having everyone understand how this has been going on for a long mm-hmm. time and like this is something that's really important and not understanding maybe um you know how powerful abortion can be for people who want to have one um and so to have that group Mm -hmm. at that time I I imagine Mm -hmm. is just uh you know a blessing and in itself um and yeah I it's also crazy to talk about the fall of Roe being last year it feels like both like so recent and like so long ago yeah um and you know i'm a lot i'm sure a lot has changed for you in the last year you know mm-hmm. having gone through the fellowship and then now you're you know working with us um mm-hmm. so how is how has things been post yeah. post row post fellowship mm-hmm. what what you doing
1: yeah right <laughs> so but you're totally right it was it was just serendipitous i didn't expect mm-hmm. to have like a fall of row support group
0: <laughs> yeah but it
1: was just like a built in so uh,
0: um, everyone needs one of those. Yeah,
1: I mean, for real because I was angry, <laughs> really? I was scared, mm-hmm. and we all I think were on the same page. Um, so mm-hmm. it was re- it was a beautiful safe space to be able to express like these really, really strong emotions. Um, and it also, I think prepared me for how to fight back, how to channel, uh, this rage <laughs> and all these emotions in a productive way. So um, you know, the capstone was it was really, really nice to take that energy and like lev- leverage it, wield it. And so I developed um, a Sunday school curriculum for adults that was just like abortion 101. Um, here is what you need to know. Here is what Ohio is doing. Here is what we can do. And that made me feel really like empowered to just start mm-hmm. that conversation um, within my own community. And then I also Roe v. Wade, 25th anniversary was in January, January of this year, right? 2023. Mm-hmm. And so I held a fundraiser at my community church and it was amazing. And so many people like came out and we made abortion care packages. Um, so that was super fun and just like a way that we could come together in a positive way and direct like money and energy and time into feeling like we were making a difference. Um, that, w- that was great. And then I started having these, obviously these great conversations with Elena and with Terry. Terry actually came to the fundraiser and he was such a <laughs> awesome like speaker and advocate for Faith Choice Ohio and just talked about the Jubilee Fund and like where the money was gonna go. And that was really awesome and helpful. And after that, I started talking to Elena about like reproducing this, like the Sunday school curriculum and the care packages and the whole fundraiser. And how we could get this out to all the churches in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And that's when she was like, we need you, like, for real on our team. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was really exciting. I do still have a day job, which is fundraising (laughs) and writing grants. But, um, you know, on the side, my little passion project, I tell people, is (laughs) Faith Choice Ohio. And being an advocate for, like reproductive freedom
0: (laughs) yeah
1: yeah so I'm really happy yeah um
0: I think like a lot of people don't know that the majority yeah the majority of people who work at Faith Choice Ohio like are doing this as like a part-time job it's Mm -hmm. also you know my uh passion project, I guess. This is the the main thing that I do as a part of my um work at Faith Choice Ohio. And mm-hmm. um I love it. And I also uh love that like you were talking about doing this fundraiser. And it's not just the fundraiser, but it's also like making the care packages. Mm-hmm. And um I I I think like having that tangible thing uh as somebody who also works in fundraising as my day job. Mm-hmm. Um having that tangible thing uh, can sometimes be something that makes p- people feel a part of the the work um, and a part of the movement and c- they can actually like physically do something. But um, yeah. one thing that I think is great about your example and like bringing this hopefully to a lot more places in Ohio is just the the fact that, um, you know, I think that church should be a place to have difficult conversations and mm-hmm. to have conversations about, you know, um, things that are going on in the world and actually affecting people <laughs> who go to church. Um, but I, it it amazes me how often um, I feel like difficult conversations are shied away in church spaces, at least mm-hmm. in the experiences that I've had. I know some places are different, but... I love the idea of having a Sunday school curriculum, you know, I, when I think of th- Sunday school, it's like a place where, you know, this is kind of a group of people that you're trying to grow together with and like, um, you know, meeting with regularly to um, deepen your faith and deepen um, your like how your faith shows up in, in the real world. Um, I, don't know if I've talked about this before with you, uh, but I have my, one of my degrees that I got um, from the Methodist Theological School in Ohio um, is in practical theology. So like, it's something that I care a lot about is like, you know, it's one thing for faith to exist within the church walls, uh, but what does it look like to do that in action, in real life outside of the church? And uh, I, I think like, this is a, a tangible way to, to do that, you know, like, um, yeah. And I think that's definitely like being able to have those conversations and being able to, uh, think about like, how does my faith fit in with abortion and Mm -hmm. what, what does that mean for what I do on, you know, Monday through Saturday, Mm -hmm. um, is just great. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I totally agree. I needed, I needed that to be a safe space for me Mm -hmm. to to like express my pain of what Mm -hmm. was going on in the world and to just express my anger at the injustice and to even maybe share my personal journey um, of what this personally meant, you know, for me and how heartbroken I was to see, you know, the possibility of future generations not being able to have the choice that I had. And so, um, and it was, it was life changing. Like going to college was really a goal that I had always had. And I was the first person in my entire extended family to go to college. And in the middle of college, I feel like the last thing I wanted to do was drop out, go back home yeah. and have a child that I did not want. Um, and mm-hmm. so I just feel so grateful for that choice. And then when Roe fell, you know, I came to church that Sunday and I was crying like I was just sitting in the pew, just like sobbing and my, you know, the pastor spoke about it and he said you know, I know that there are a lot of people in pain right now and a lot of people, um, you know, feeling a lot of feelings right now about what just went down. And actually at the end of the service, someone uh, shared like that they were grateful that it, that it happened and they were mm. uh, just, they were gloating or they were, they were, they were happy mm. They were really happy and they talked about um, the sanctity of life or something. I don't remember. I kind of blacked out. (laughs) And at that time, though, I felt like I was in such pain. And then for someone to stand up and like be like, ha ha, it felt like horrible. And then but I but then in that moment, I was really, really afraid. Like, am I in the right church right now? Am I in -hmm. the wrong place to feel safe? to tell my story, to feel my feelings. And so I knew that I needed to either, to find out either one way or the other, I needed to know if I was in the right place for me, um, on this issue because it felt real important. Um, -hmm. and so I started asking people, telling people, and I, um, and I got a lot of positive feedback and then I, Like, basically asked the pastor if I could have, like, a listening session that that if people would be willing to come just after church one Sunday and just talk about their feelings about it. And I didn't know who was going to come. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be a bunch of, like, happy anti-choice people or if it was going to be a bunch of, like, people like me who were, like, crushed and who were coping trying to cope and it ended up being a bunch of people like me and that was awesome and we had such a good um discussion and that in that um in july in that discussion that's where all these ideas came from people said people said they needed more information they needed to feel educated they needed to know how to advocate for this issue and they asked me for, like, to find a Sunday school curriculum. And they talked about, like, having a fundraiser at the church. Like, we have fundraisers and we have care packages for everything at my church. It's really fun. We put together, like, little packages for, like, kids to go back to school or, like, new moms. And I'm thinking, like, this, that could be something that we do too. I didn't even know that there was, like, an abortion care package that, I didn't know that was a thing yet. And Mm -hmm. so when I went out searching, though, for for a Sunday school um, curriculum that was low cost and that was pro choice, you know, I found nothing. Like I literally found nothing. And that was a little it was a little disheartening at first because, you know, that the other side, they're good at this. They have mobilized religion. So well, (laughs) um, unfortunately, and we're just still in the place where we're whispering about it in church. And, um, I didn't want to whisper anymore. So I just like did this curriculum and I'm like, Hey, you know, all are welcome. And we had a wonderful group and it was so lovely. Um, so yeah, when Elena started talking to me about joining faith choice, Ohio, it was kind of along the lines of like, well, let's contact congregations in Ohio that might be interested in these resources that you have developed. So that's going to be kind of my, like, at least the first six months is like rolling out, helping to fund the Jubilee Fund with these abortion care package party fundraisers. And then also, um, you know, asking uh, about the interest in in a congregational curriculum is exciting. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that is really exciting. And, you know, um, I really, for one, like I think it's really important to know that like the faith community that you're with, again, if, if faith communities are supposed to be for growing and, uh, you know, bettering yourself, in Mm -hmm. your spiritual life like Mm -hmm. having your faith community be a safe space where you can show up like hurt and grieving Mm -hmm. and not feel like people are gonna attack you for that Mm -hmm. is really important and um Mm -hmm. i love that you like took that next step to be like is this a safe place for me rather than having that person be a representation of what everybody thought because like you know i think we talk about a lot that like it's the uh, just the loud minority it's like the the people who are anti-choice are mm-hmm. just louder about it and like you said mm-hmm. before um, you know the uh, the antis are just really good at uh, organizing and have been you know kind of having this you know I think a lot about how much I dislike Ronald Reagan I will say that on 100%. the radio we're leaving it in <laughs> Um, but I, I think about like how so many things have like this deep history. A lot of things go back to Reagan. I'm not going to go back mm-hmm. uh, go and have a Reagan conspiracy <laughs> here, but, um, uh, there are so many things that have negatively impact marginalized, impacted marginalized groups that have a long history. And that history is often based in people using religion to harm other people. And mm-hmm. it amazes me that it's not like a majority of people want to have um you know the ballot amendment that is really? coming up in November they want that mm-hmm. a majority of Ohioans want that um and there are so many people who have had an abortion who are happy mm-hmm. that they've had an abortion mm-hmm. um and it's just the loud minority who's saying ha I'm you know glad that row fell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really empathize with you on that because uh, I actually had a similar experience. Um, I was a Methodist um, in the Methodist church, and I don't not really like affiliated with any particular like <laughs> thing right now. I've been like recovering for the last few years, but it's been like <laughs> it's also been like four years now, four or five years. Um, Anyway, but uh, back in 2019, uh, the Methodist Church had their general conference where they were specifically talking about whether or not um, LGBTQ people should be, um, you know, affirmed in the church, especially, you know, should they be pastors? Can they be married? Um, Should they, you know, whatever. And ultimately, uh, there was a choice (laughs) that was made uh, by, like, 51% 51% uh, voted for what is called the traditional plan, which was, you know, as bad as it sounds, um, you know, to not allow LGBTQ people to um, be in ministry, to, uh, I think, strip people of their licensure if they were found oh. to be gay, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of, like, really bad things. And so I was a pastor at the time um, serving in a, a small local church, um, and I came, I had somebody covering for me when I was at this conference cause I had to go there for school. Um, I was taking United Methodist polity and I went and experienced that and it was terrible. Um, but I come back and, um, you know, I had been preaching leading up to that about like, um, you know, the, I cannot say to the eye, I don't, or the hand, I don't need you like thinking about like talking about staying together, loving different parts of the body, You know, I went over this whole Corinthians thing. I remember this very clearly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, um, And then, uh, you know, I come that Sunday and we have our little joys and concerns section of um, the service. And somebody says that, um, you know, they're glad the traditional plan passed and they pray they're praying for the 49 percent that voted against it. And I, (laughs) and that was at the beginning of the service And I had like this whole sermon, uh, planned on like how, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, without saying directly, because, um, at least my understanding was that I'm not supposed to be political, um, in the church at the time. Um, I was also just like a little, I was a little 23 year old, like not (laughs) no well 22 at the time actually um not wanting to uh cause too many problems Mm -hmm. uh but I had this whole you know sermon prepared around like loving people and uh caring for each other and how this was a bad decision and how a lot of people were hurting and had to kind of on the fly (laughs) recover from that and continue to do the service knowing that like I as their pastor was kind of in charge of you know caring for them and, and still being in community with people who did not disagree with me. Or did not agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did end up uh, quitting that day. <laughs> well, I was already planning on quitting before. It was unrelated. Like, it just moved up the timeline. I had messaged my, like, district superintendent. And I was like, hey, I said that I could go this long. Actually, I can't. Please let me mm-hmm. leave. Um, well, I don't But blame anyway. You. Yeah, you yeah, can't. You
1: can't thrive in...
0: Yeah. No. It, when you have a faith space where like uh you where people are toxic and are willing to say that out loud when mm-hmm. it's obvious that other people are hurting,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um it's it's hard. And I I I love that you had that uh opportunity to have a listening session mm-hmm. and found that there were more people who were like you yeah. and who, you know, Actually cared about this issue and weren't, you know, using language like the language that's used in the uh, uh. I have to bring this in mm-hmm. the uh, text of the ballot initiative that's going to the summary. Like, be yeah, the yeah. summary that yeah. what the original ended up being longer than the actual amendment text. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, and the ballot board is allowing language that is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not. What Fair. we want to be in there, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, leaning towards those who are anti-abortion, mm-hmm. um, but like it, it's just mm-hmm. yeah. And frankly, also, I would
1: I would mention like leaning towards people who are anti-LGBT as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, by changing a lot of the wording, um, in the summary, they changed a ton of the meaning and the spirit and the yeah. inclusiveness and the yeah. science, the science and the, I mean, they just, you know, they're really smart and very strategic and uh, we need to up our game because it's yeah. scary that they're literally willing to do anything to win mm-hmm. um, when they, when they see that they're like losing.
0: So. Yeah. um, It's, it's hard being like, you know, I often think about like, being on the well I mean they also see themselves as the morally right people but (laughs) to to be the people who are like I don't want to do additional harm in the practice of this and I think about a lot about like um you know I am not an advocate for canceling I am not an advocate for um you know just removing people from spaces that could be good for them. Mm-hmm. I'm an advocate for having difficult conversations. I think like uh you know oftentimes even those people who uh you know are proudly anti-abortion if you actually had a conversation where we actually tell the truth about how we feel about things they probably actually are pro-reproductive justice mm-hmm. like and and I deeply believe that at the bottom of things, Uh, if everybody just went to therapy, we would have a much better world. Um, But it's hard being on the side where you uh, have moral, or not moral complexity, but you like see that there's a complexity in the world that we live in um, because it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. And so it makes it harder for us all to agree and to have like a strict thing that we're um, going for. Mm -hmm. And uh, it also makes it harder to, you know, truly Organize in, mm-hmm. in the way that uh, the antis have. Mm-hmm. You know, they they have put themselves all under one figurehead. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. they have put themselves in this. Uh, there's no room for complexity. It's mm-hmm. either you're right or you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it makes it easier to get other people to sign on with you when you're mm-hmm. very, you know, you have something um that's kind of set in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but things aren't actually set in stone, and I think like it's really important to. Have those conversations and to you know be in a faith community where you're like, um, actually what you said I don't agree with and yeah. uh, I want to have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and making space to uh, allow other people to learn, like you said, like mm-hmm. everybody was invited. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they came is up to them, mm-hmm. but everyone's invited to have conversation and to you know actually have space to grow and learn and. Mm -hmm. become better people um and it's hard I it's a both and situation I think that there is a limit to (laughs) how much I allow people to be in my life when they're a toxic Mm -hmm. uh place you know I ended up leaving that church because how can I morally lead a group of people that Mm -hmm. you know have have that as their voice and nobody's speaking out against it um but also at the same time I'm like space just should be for everyone it should be places of learning and growing and uh testing those uh edges but there's a line there's yeah. a They're there's like a softer. time when you do <laughs> cut it out yeah yeah there's a time where if if it's like negatively affecting you a lot mm-hmm. and it's uh you know hurting you and there's mm-hmm. not a place for you to recover mm-hmm. that's that's the time where I'm like mm, no more mm-hmm. um anyway uh <laughs> So I just love that you've, you made that space in your own, um, faith community. And then beyond that, we're willing to share, you know, the stuff that you've done and want to, you know, make that available to other people. I think, you know, you also mentioned, uh, that the anti is like, they have their stuff available. They, they made it really clear.
1: Yeah, they do. And
0: there's not enough sharing of resources of, of those kinds of things, Mm -hmm. um, Online And so to, to make a, you know, obviously you're early on in the work of Mm -hmm. this and at at Faith Choice Ohio, but I'm really excited about, you know, resource sharing. I think it's just so important Mm -hmm. and uh, making space for, you know, if you're a church that wants to have conversations about Mm -hmm. um, reproductive freedom, then like we want to support you in that. Mm -hmm. And um, that is just like work that I'm so excited to yeah. uh, have you doing with us. Me too. Um, Thank
1: you so much. I, I totally agree yeah. with you though. What you said about like the loud minority, the loud like fringes are screaming the loudest. And then mm-hmm. the, you know, majority of us are just like, Oh, maybe not everyone is like me. I'll just keep quiet instead of like having that conversation. Cause I have had a few conversations now with, um, some like anti-choice people who are like, well, I don't know anybody that's had an abortion blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's because you're not a safe person. And now let me step out of my comfort zone and, and tell you my story. And so if you see me in a light, maybe, maybe it can open up your like mind just a tiny bit to realize like, you don't know everyone's story because you're over here you know screaming to the rooftops about how immoral it is and no one is telling you their truth because you're not safe and then um I also just wanted to say that I'm really excited for the work um at Faith Choice Ohio but I also feel like it's it's kind of up to us to like give our testimony. And I Mm -hmm. was one of the people that did not do that for a very long time. And I think that, you know, only by us standing up and telling our stories, like just be having those courageous like conversations um, Mm -hmm. is going to be the only way that we're going to be able to change people's mind because they're back here. They're only hearing the loud people that are saying this and this and this is a sin and they're not able to hear those stories because we're not stepping up and telling our stories because we're afraid of, like, mm-hmm. judgment or or whatever it is. So I'm really glad I stuck it out um, with my community and realized that more people were on my side than against mm-hmm. me. And yeah. that's that's really a good place to be and just to be able to have those conversations is so important. But I think pretty soon I'm going to have to, like, Stand up on a Sunday because <laughs> yeah. it's like this needs to be more common and more acceptable and more praised. And I the first couple times I said out loud, abortion is a blessing. Um, I got some I got some side eye. And but like for real, when you need one, you need one. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah, a blessing. Yeah you to yeah. be able to get that care that health care yeah. so oh I'm getting there I'm gearing myself up it's gonna happen
0: <laughs> yeah no I think it's it's also like again there's like a lot of both ends it's like um it is both super important that people tell their stories because I I agree with you like you know uh, we, I think we were kind of talking about this maybe the last episode or a couple episodes ago about, like, just uh, refreshing and having a new perspective on things. And, you know, if people are not hearing the stories of those that they, you know, live and work with and are friends with about mm-hmm. their, you know, abortion stories or mm-hmm. um, whatever reproductive health care things that they have, like, then they don't have that perspective. And so mm-hmm. if you kind of live in this box... You know, I we talk a lot about like the water we live in and how it's often capitalist and white supremacist and um mm-hmm. racist. Uh so if you never see the the fresh water, <laughs> you're gonna continue to live in that and you're gonna think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but on the other hand, it's like um you know, this is a person's health care and like you know I, I'm never going to make someone tell their abortion story. I think that sure. l- like somebody should tell their story when they're ready mm-hmm. um, in a place that they feel comfortable with um, and and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's like this both end mm-hmm. of like, I want to protect the people mm-hmm. who have you know, probably already dealt with a lot of <laughs> yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Some, and in some cases you know, mm-hmm. not everyone gets to have a good yeah. abortion experience, mm-hmm. but um well you know, I respecting their uh boundaries and mm-hmm. also encouraging uh people to tell their yeah. stories.
1: Well, both. and that is another last plug for P2A. Patience <laughs> becoming advocates, literally.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even if you're not yeah, ready, yeah. by the end of it, you'll be closer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and 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 being able to have those uh you know, that community that you're with and the the other people beside you who are also wanting to become advocates and and doing that work mm-hmm. to um to you know in the same way that you have the mm-hmm. faith community doing that work to better themselves to be a better light in the world for <laughs> abortion access in this case mm-hmm. um well we are uh wrapping up our time here uh samantha it was really great talking to you um there will be a podcast exclusive for those of you who listen to us online on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or, um, I think we're on, we're on Audible now, Amazon Music. We're in a bunch of places. You should look on our website. Um, but, uh, you can hear the full, full episode there, but Samantha, it's so great talking to you and thank you so much for, uh, being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Kelly. You rock.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. And, uh, for everyone else, uh, I will see you next time. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Soul. If you'd like to hear more of our conversations on religion, abortion access, and all things repro, you can find all our episodes on Podbean, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. For more content, training, and other information, check us out at faithchoiceohio.org.